Hey guys, this is David. I manage all of John's social media channels. This interview with Damien Keyes, I think, is so, so valuable. He talks about his book, The Rule Breaker's Guide to Social Media, and why social media is so important nowadays. He's a good friend of mine, and I really hope you gain some huge insights into social media. Enjoy the listen. Okay, so welcome to today's podcast. I'm delighted to have Damien Keyes on. We're going to be talking about The Rule Breaker's Guide to Social Media. I had the privilege of reading this last week. Um, we spoke briefly on, on Monday, and I told you I'd flick through the, through the chapters. And I've read it every single evening since I've not been able to put it down. So it's been good to get you on the podcast today. Amazing. Thank you so much. That's brilliant. What I always try and do, Damien, is just to, because some people will have heard of you, some people won't necessarily have heard of you. So I think a good way to start is maybe give, give you an opportunity to introduce yourself, what's your background and why write the book. Okay, yes. Yeah, so I'm a, a, first and foremost, I'd say I'm a musician. So I grew up in Swansea uh, in South Wales, uh, became a musician, failed school, actually failed school twice, whereas most people have that, uh, that accolade of failing school. Well, my mum actually made me resit my GCSEs uh, yeah. and I failed them all the second time. Uh, and at that point, um, I, I decided I was going to be a musician uh, and just f- was going to figure out how it worked. Got a record deal. Um, and whereas most people then from a record deal will go on to greater things and sell records all over the world. And we didn't, we put, we put a record out and I think the only person that bought it was my mum. And then that was the end of the record deal. And so at that point it was a case of, of how am I going to make a living as a musician, which I did. Um, and then got into music education, teaching people. That was always my sort of, the, the thing that I, I loved is, is mentoring musicians. Um, and got offered a, um, a job at the college that I was studying music at. And then after a couple of years, um, we left, myself and a, a friend of mine, we left and we set up our own music university, um, which got bigger and more successful. And as it kept growing and, and, uh, and bigger, um, it just didn't sit right with me. I just couldn't, I, I just didn't feel like I was the, the business mogul. I wanted to just hang around with musicians and teach them. So uh, after about 10 years, uh, I sold that and then started a, a management company where I could train at musicians. Um, and then, because my background is in building musicians, I had this really odd thing where about two years ago, um, I had a friend of mine who was, who was in social media. She was always telling me I needed to get more into social media. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've got someone who does social media as a, as a department. And then I realized, I woke up and I had this epiphany that social media wasn't just, it wasn't a department anymore. It wasn't a thing. It was the thing. It was the way that you could actually advertise and market. It was insights. It was customer service. It was demographics. All of the things that I've been doing for 15 to 20 years, all of a sudden was going together in in this one thing, which was social media because that's where everyone's consumption was so at that point i decided i needed to learn it because at that point being 40 years old i just thought well i can't if i don't learn this now then i'm going to become an extinct dinosaur because i was used to print magazines and um and funnels and that kind of stuff so uh, at which point i i started some channels to basically do what i've always done which is help musicians and the irony was i started to get asked more about the social media than I did actually about the um, about the music industry advice. Um, so at which point uh, I just sort of went with it and just learned as much as I could. And because it's such a young industry, there aren't that many experts out there. So it's it yeah. never changed very very quickly. And 
Uh, and then the book just came about where I got after um, a publishing deal. But because my background has always been, you can do it yourself, the control of being able to do it yourself. So I just thought, do it myself. And then, you know, which is crazy because the fact that I've even got a book is ridiculous. I mean, the last book I read was Fantastic Mr. Fox. So what a know, book to read. Oh, it's a great book, isn't it? But, uh, and yeah, and so that's how, it kinda, that's how it came about. And all of a sudden I found myself as this sort of, this um, consultant, as a, so, a social media consultant. But I think the reason for that is purely based on background in business, marketing, advertising, all of the stuff that just is now a vehicle, which is social media. Yeah. Um, so lots of people that are going to be listening or watching some of the video snippets that we'll put out as well really want to get um, a, a basic grasp or an understanding of where, where they should start, what they should be doing, and I think more important than any of that, why they should be doing it. So if you're going to give any young entrepreneur, whether they're in the music industry or whether they're doing business to business or business to consumer, where do you start with social media? Yeah, I think that's a really good question is where you start because I think people are, are now realizing that social media is that important. And now the panic set in, as it, as it did with myself a couple of years back, which was I now understand that it is that important and it is the answer to a lot of these questions. The problem is, is I don't understand it and have I missed the boat? It, it, yeah. and, and so therefore the answer is no. Um, but in order to be able to, to um, start with social media, um, A, it's important to dive into it, but the most important thing is to do it bit by bit because there are so many different platforms now. Um, and going back to your question of why, because of consumption, because of technology, because people are just walking around with their head in their phone all of the time. You know, we use up to um, the average user is of a phone is, is four hours a day. Um, and that's going to, you know, that's going to include WhatsApp, which is social media, Skype, which is social media. It's going to include Instagram. It's going to include Facebook, YouTube, and so, therefore, it's a very daunting place to start in social media right now. So the most important thing I'd say is not to be on everything, but to look at your skill set as a, as a business or as a business person and figure out how you can start to get your message across in one place. Just like we used to in the olden days, which would be uh, in a magazine. You'd go to Guitarist magazine if you were a guitarist or you'd go to you know, you go to Plumber World or whatever the magazine was and you could advertise in that space. Um, and, you know, so for this, it's very important that you're looking at the, the space where people are and what you can do within it. But there are loads and loads of great resources out there for people wanting to get into social media. But the main thing for me is if you don't start, you will get left behind because it is now that important. Is there, from, so from a business perspective, is there some that are more important than others? So you hear the main ones branded around LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, but now, you know, Snapchat, Instagram uh, are all sort of, are they as, as a high priority more than anything, more than the other ones now? Is Facebook sort of falling off the edge of a cliff and all the new ones are popping up or? Well, Facebook is, is what I call Facebook the monster. It's the daddy. It's the big one. And the reason for that is because when it comes to making content and building an audience and looking after your audience, Facebook is very versatile because with Instagram, um, you've got pictures and small videos. With YouTube, you've got all videos. Um, but with Facebook, you've got text. You've got small clips of, of um, statuses or sort of Twitter-like um, text. You can also do blogs. 
you can promote videos, short, long. So Facebook is a very versatile um, social media platform. But Instagram at the moment is probably the king at the moment because that's where people's consumption is the most. Insta uh, Instagram has a, has a slightly younger demographic than Facebook, which now is is slightly older. I mean, this has been good. The, the funny thing with this is, is social media is a very young industry. And if you remember, do you remember MySpace? I do. I loved MySpace. I was all over MySpace. But I think I was the last guy to leave MySpace. I think it was just me, me and Tom. Uh, and and uh, so, you know, MySpace, you know, that was a real starter for, for social media. Uh, it was a way where you could just communicate, where you could engage with people, you could learn. But obviously, marketers were getting getting in and advertising at the same point. Then Facebook came along. But, of course, people who are now remembering MySpace are kind of late 20s and 30s. Uh, and Facebook's, Facebook came ar around and obliterated MySpace in 2008. Um, and so, therefore, it's now 2018. It's 10 years later. So the people who got onto Facebook when they were 15, 16, 17 are now 25, 26, 27. If they were 30, they're now 40. And it's very similar to when you're a kid. And this goes across all ages. When you're a kid, you go to that place in town, that pub or that club, and that's your, your, your place. And then after you've been there for a year or two, you start noticing that the, the, the clientele there is just a little bit different, a bit younger or it's changed. Or can you imagine what it'd be like if, if it's your pub that you always go to and then all of a sudden your mum turns up and you're like, oh no, my mum, this is not cool. And so that's why you get these new platforms that come along. And so you get different age demographics. Snapchat's very, very young. So there wouldn't be any point at the moment in using Snapchat if you're an insurance broker because it's just the wrong audience and the wrong consumption. So what's really important is you're matching up the consumption of the platform with whatever it is that you're trying to sell or the message that you're trying to get across. Well, the key is to understand the demographic of the buyer, so what they look like. And is there some research out there that would say the average age of people using the median so they can then choose the right one to go on? Not that I'm aware of, but the best thing about what, what I love about social media is it's so all-encompassing that you can actually start to build an audience and then in, go into the back end. It's like your own website. You can go into the back end of that platform and it will tell you the age, the demographic, the, um, the, the, the whereabouts of where they are, the, um, the hobbies of your audience. So... And it's the same thing with things like advertising. You know, you can actually advertise to specific um, markets. So when we, when we started the music college, um, it was very simple. We were looking for musicians, so we advertised in magazines that specified those instruments. So there was Guitarist magazine. That was a guitar magazine. Bass player magazine. That was for bass players. Drummer magazine. I mean, literally, it did what it said on the tin. The problem was, is that the readership of these magazines was 15 years old to 65 years old. Yeah. And of course, a college are after 16 to 21 year old students. So effectively, we're advertising to 25,000 people for a thousand pounds a month in order to hit a few, you know, a hundred, maybe 200 of the right demographic in the right country. Well, now I can actually get to those people via targeted ads and targeted um, sort of organics um, for very little money. And I can be very, very specific about it as well. 
So talk to us about the Rule Breakers Guide to Social Media. Um, for anybody that's going to buy this, we're going to post a link on where they can get this from uh, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on, on Instagram, on Twitter. But talk us through uh, the journey that you take the reader through. In fact, let me ask you a better question. Before you tell us that, who should buy this book? Because it's really easy to say everybody should buy it. Yeah. There's really a certain type of person that should be reading this. Yeah, and I think... I think the type of person that should read this book is someone that is worrying about social media. Those questions that you started with, where do I start or am I doing this right or where is this going next? I think those three questions. Um, and it's, it's kind of like about, I've read all these, these blogs and books which always say about breaking the rules or you know, all the rules have changed. And the thing is, is technology is changing so ridiculously fast that that changes our consumption habits as people and that changes social media effectively. We're, we're sort of, you know, every, every week something will happen uh, within social media or technology and all of a sudden there's a new trend or there's a new thing that you can do and so the evolution is faster than the speed of light because the industry is only about 10 years old. Um, but the book started really as not just a, an, an overview of the technicalities of social media, but the insights of the way people think when they're using social media. So the consumption patterns and how it's not that we need to break the rules, really. It's that they're not really there anymore. And so we're living by the traditions that technology has evolved and has taken them away. So, you know, there's plenty of these in, in, in my industry, in the music industry, which people will relate to. So for an example of that is, if you think back to when you had to buy music from Woolworths, uh, and you go and you go to Woolworths, you'd buy your, your album, whether it's on vinyl, whether it's on CD or cassette, you'd buy your album. If I said, how many songs do you think are going to be on that album? People would say, people are thinking now, they're going, 10 to 12. 10 to 12. 12, yeah, 10 to 12. Now, the reason for that is because way back in the day when it was on vinyl, songs were, you know, your traditional three-minute songs. Vinyl had 22 minutes on each side. So you'd fit roughly 10 to 12 songs on vinyl. Makes complete sense. But then vinyl went away and CD came along. And CD didn't hold 44 minutes. It held 73 minutes. And so you think, wow, I can put half an hour of extra music on. And musicians went, brilliant. How many songs shall I put on an album? 12. And then all of a sudden... <laughs> CDs went away, and, and all of a sudden, music is just, it's just in the air, isn't it? It's just like it's on your phone. So you can do any, you can be as creative as you want. You go on Spotify, and you go and check out the first 12 albums in the charts and, and find out how many, how many songs are on each album, 12. It's, it's just a tradition that we're living by, and it's not that we need to break the rules. It's we're living by the rules that just aren't there anymore. And I think it's the same thing with marketing and advertising when it comes to what we've been instilled with TV, 30-second adverts. Oh, it needs to be a 30-second advert because that's what TV does. Well, social media is different. Social media is not just different with time, but also I can now engage with my advert which I couldn't do on TV. I'm just being preached at. Whereas now I'm engaging with an advert. I'm learning from an advert. An advert can be three hours long. It can yeah. be anything. So, you know, it's these sort of ideas where it's, it's times have changed. We don't have to sit at our desk and work at a computer. We did have to do that because it was plugged into the wall. <laughs> and so therefore it was plugged into the wall and my email was on it. So I had to be around. Whereas now I can work in a plane, 30,000 feet in the air on my phone with connected to Wi-Fi. 
and I can be traveling around the world and I can still be working. So it's kind of the, the first part of the book is how you can actually use these, um, these changes and recognize the fact that technology has changed and therefore consumption has changed. And so how we can actually utilize the power of social media to take control of, of our audience and building our businesses. And I think you take a little bit of your music philosophy into your reading as well, because you talk a lot about rhythm and consistency mm. in what you do. And I see so often, I'll look at, uh, for instance, a business's Facebook page or a business's website with their blog on it, and it'll be consistent, 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 nothing. Yeah. For seven it's months, huge. and then 25 more posts, and then nothing for four months. So how important yeah. is consistency when it comes to social media? And it's like flexing a muscle. We can all tense our muscles, but doing that over a long period of time is very, very difficult. So being able to be creative is something a lot of us can turn to. Um, but we all lead busy lives. What's very difficult about social media, and it's the thing that gets fed back the most, is I've got a business to run. You know, all of a sudden, it's okay for you if you're in social media. You're doing this all day, every day. But I've got a business to run. I've got, I've got people to meet. I've got customers to look after. I've got product to build. I have not got time to sit on social media all day promoting this. And if you do it properly, you know, there's guys out there that are doing social media and they're preaching, they're preaching about social media and they've probably got 15 people in their team. So there's lots of business saying, I can't afford 15 people. I haven't got half a million pounds worth of budget to stick in social media. And so how, how do you actually um, prioritize what you do? Because the consistency is the key. So if you're using consistency as the key, then the, the content that you're making has to fit into the consistency and not the other way around. So it's all very well that you can make fantastic content, but if you can only, only do that once every three months, then you are going to have a bit of a problem. So, you know, I think we need to get away from this idea of perfectionism. Facebook, Instagram, they've allowed us, they've opened this world to, you know, Facebook Live or Instagram Live. We've got a phone that we can literally record audio uh, for podcasts. We can record video. We can do it on the go. So it doesn't always necessarily have to be these, these television-style polished videos. What they have to do is they just have to engage. They have to trigger some emotion that allow people to want to, to want to watch more just to come on that journey but the consistency is that's that's the, the the lifeblood of the whole thing if you're not consistent then you know it's very difficult and because if i said to you um oh you know last night we watched uh you know we watch in breaking bad for example and if i said to you oh that was amazing when's the next breaking bad episode on and you said oh you know they'll just bring it out whenever feel like it <laughs> well like oh not so interested as i once was whereas as soon as they say next week it's coming out or go and download it right now all of a sudden you're there thinking right yeah good I, I know what i'm supposed to do i know where i'm at i know what they're doing i'm excited whereas if they say we'll get back to you in two or three months by that point all excitement's gone i don't know who said it um but there's definitely a saying out there which says average marketing done consistently far outgrows great marketing done inconsistently. It's so, so true. I think the breaking bad thing that you just said makes <laughs> so much sense and breaks it down into such a simple little context. But if you didn't know when it was out next, nobody would be interested in it. Yeah, it's so crazy. And the irony now, another one of those rules is, you know, is, is even just TV. My kid is, is 14 years old. My kid doesn't watch TV. My kid thinks it's hilarious. So a couple of weeks back, he put a program. We were watching some program and it got to the end and he said, when's the next one on? 
And I said, next week. And he was like, next week? He was like, well, I've got to wait a whole week. And I was like, yeah. And then a week later and a week later, and it, you know, there's like 20 of them. You got, this is like a six month sort of thing that you're committed to. And he was looking at me like I was an idiot. He was like, give me my iPad. I'll have this stuff downloaded and watched in about one evening. You know, everyone wants everything now this minute. So it's got to be instant gratification. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Gratification. Yeah, because we're so used to everything. We're used to the worst. Wikipedia is the worst for that. Yeah. On Wikipedia and then you find that you've lost five and a half hours and you're still on Wikipedia. <laughs> Absolutely. But you, you get everything now. I mean, you know, to the point to the point where, you know, today I'm in the office and I'm doing some work and I'm like, I haven't got time to go out. All of a sudden, pick up my phone. I'm delivering stuff. It comes to my, it comes straight here. I literally walk to the front door. Thanks very much. Sit down. I'm eating my food. I'm still working. I mean, it's great. I want a girlfriend. Oh, swipe. Off I go. You know, <laughs> life's too easy. What's going on? <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the chapters of the book. Uh, run us through, not chapter by chapter, but sort of give us a storyline. Where does it start? Where does it finish? What are we going to learn? Okay. So it, the book is kind of broken down into, into three main sections, uh, apart from the, the opener, which is a bit about the, the, my journey, I suppose. Um, but the, the first part is, is a bit more about the technicalities of where we're at with social media. The irony of that is it changes so fast that it's very important not to get caught up with the technology because tomorrow it could change. Yeah. So if someone says, I'm going to build my audience on Facebook, that's great. But tomorrow Facebook, Facebook might be gone. We just don't know. And we've seen that. You know, We've seen... Um, Kylie Jenner put a tweet out literally on Twitter saying that she's over Snapchat and it wiped 1.4 billion off the price of Snapchat in 24 hours. Yeah, crazy. So these things change. Instagram brought out Instagram stories and all of a sudden everyone's off Snapchat. Um, you know, Insta Instagram is about to bring out Instagram shopping. That's going to be a game changer. So we don't know what's going to change, but every time something changes, whether it's an algorithm shift or something else, it affects the other platforms. So it's important that we're not effectively being governed by the platforms, but that we're actually making things that should there be a disaster, you know, when we're not in that disaster. That's a great um, point as well, because, uh, you know, I've been speaking to loads of people. By the way, today is the 23rd of November 2018, because by the time this goes out, this information that I'm telling you is out of date. But loads yeah. of people have been getting locked out of their LinkedIn accounts recently because of a recent AI um, update, which has gone crazy and restricted everybody's accounts. It's been going crazy in LinkedIn recently. It's crazy. And that could have a massive effect. I mean, it only takes that to happen another once or twice. And people saying, oh, you know, I, I, I just haven't been on it for a while. And then it just starts to spiral. You know, there's so many different things. So uh, then the second part then is consumption. And this to me is the most important part is consumption is getting into the brains of where people are because everyone's on their phone. No one really watches TV. Nobody watches adverts. So we're all making these adverts. We've got to think differently. We've got to be clever with our adverts. And nowadays, it's all about, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about getting attention. And the reason for that is because every day, we are surrounded by around about 5,000 adverts a day. That's how many, see, averagely, how many we'll see a day, 5,000. So if you're going to be number one of 5,000 within 24 hours, you've got to do something that's got to stand out and it can't just be, you know, you've paid a lot of money to go on TV because you know, we pick up our phone or we go make some, 
we're going to make a cup of tea when, when the adverts come on. Or more importantly, we don't even watch adverts because we're watching Netflix or watching something else. There's that, that example of when you put a YouTube video on and at the beginning, you know, as the little advert at the beginning of a YouTube, and as soon as it does, it says, you can skip this in five and your finger, your finger is literally hovering over the skip button going five, four, and you're like, oh. It's the important ones. It's the ones where you can't skip and you know you've got 15 <laughs> seconds to watch. That 15 yeah. seconds is, oh, it's painstaking. Yeah, and if you lose one extra second of your life, you just feel cheated, don't you? So, so we don't, you know, we don't pay attention to these adverts. So, you, so you've got to interrupt people in a much more savvy way. We've got to start bringing value to people instead of instead of annoying them. And I think that's where social media is brilliant because the smart people are actually interrupting us uh, in a way that we're actually happy about it as opposed to interrupting us because we feel like we have to. We have to be interrupted by TV ads because it pays for the channel to exist, so we put up with it. Whereas you can be blatant now with your adverts. If you look at YouTubers, for example, they get endorsed, they get sponsored by something which will pay for that particular video. But a lot of the clever advertisers or the clever marketers are using influencer marketing or they're using other aspects to just get their, their product in front of us in a way that we're actually happy about it as opposed to unhappy about it. Now, again, uh, you use the term that, again, is branded about a lot, influencer marketing. Uh, some people that are watching this have got no idea what you're talking about. So what is influencer marketing and how would a business owner go about looking doing something like that? Yeah, influencer marketing is the fastest growing industry in social media because um, because people are realizing that advertising is very difficult to get in front of people with the right attention and actually get some traction from it. However, if you attach your brand onto someone that we trust, all of a sudden we will pay attention. So there are people out there who are called influencers. Now, this is no different to you know 20 years ago hiring David Beckham to go and stand in a pair of pants. It's, it's just the only difference now is these people are advertising to their own audience instead of advertising to the public. Yep. So there are people out there on, on different platforms who have huge audiences, like you know Kylie, Kylie Jenner being the biggest of the big. Um, Logan Paul is another massive, uh, massive uh, influencer. You know, these guys can command 250 to $300,000 for a picture. You know, that's how powerful it is, which they just put on their own Instagram and all of a sudden their bank is <laughs> full. Um, and so, but the reason why it works, there's a great story of a, a kid called Logan Paul. He was in a, he's been a lot, in a press lot recently. He's a really smart kid. He's like 20, 20 years old. He gets interviewed by the New York Times with this really old stuffy guy. And this guy says, so you're an influence then. How does that work? And he says, well, I have 10 million followers on my Instagram so brands pay me to advertise their product in my own Instagram uh, and, they, and they believe me and they trust me. And he says, okay, that, that's fine. He says, what do you do for the money? And he says, well, I might just take a picture with the product. I might do a video. And he said, okay, what do you do in the video? And he said, I might do a dance. I might, I might, you know, I might do anything. I might cook something. I just, I just be creative. I do whatever I feel like, but I will include the brand. And he said, okay, and, and how much do you get paid for that? And Logan Paul says, about $250,000 for a 30-second uh, video, which I will shoot on my iPhone. I've got no production values. And this guy says, $250,000 for 30 seconds work. He said, are you, are you, do you think that you're worth that? And Logan Paul stops him and says, I am worth 
three times that. And the reality is, he's right. And the reason for it is because the advert coupled with the influence, that's where the power is. So for example, if I think back to my childhood and the people who influenced my life, like I'm, I'm into music, I loved it. So when I was a kid, my heroes were John Bon Jovi and James Hetfield from Metallica. And you know, all of a sudden, if I'm looking at my phone, John Bon Jovi pops up and he says, I'm really loving this new you know, Oreo cookies. Then I'm like, yeah, because <laughs> I trust the cookies. Yeah, I trust John Bon Jovi, you know. So, you know, and it, it's, it's the influence to, to that demographic, but it's the power of influence. And there's no, there isn't a, bigger, um, isn't a bigger story than Kylie Jenner taking 1.4 billion off a company with one tweet. That's how powerful influence is. But the best thing about it is the question always comes up, how do I get these influencers to influence me? But we're all influencers. Because if you're on Instagram and you've got 100 friends and followers on your Facebook or your Instagram, they believe you. They trust you. When you say, hey, I just bought this new car, they're going to say, okay, well, if you've bought it, I'll come to you and I'll say, what's it like? And you say, it's great. Well, I trust you. So therefore, I trust your judgment, your opinion. So you can do it for, well, A, as little as nothing. But I do this thing on, on the talks that I do where um, I always have a, about 30 or 40 quid in tenors and I just explain it and say, look, you know, if you've got an Instagram, how many of you guys would, um, would take a picture of you and me together and post it on your Instagram and just say, we've just had a talk with this guy. If I give you a tenor and about 30, 30% of the audience will stick their hand up. So I take out 30 quid and I go, you, you, and you bring them up on, bring them up on the stage. We take a picture, they stick it on, on their Instagram. I did that in Belfast for a talk I did not so long back. And one of, one of the guys that I brought up on stage, purely by coincidence, had 30,000 Instagram followers. Wow. I just got in front of potentially 30,000 people with his influence, with him saying, this guy's cool, you like this guy, for a tenner. Like, if you think of traditional yeah, advertising, no We talk about Kylie Jenner being an influencer. And, you know, I've got uh, three girls at home. I know who Logan Paul is. Right. And, um, plus a wife who also likes Logan Paul as well. But, uh, <laughs> But we can also break that down into uh, you know a small business retail business in a market town. You know they could get an influencer that's fairly close by that is key to their demographic in their town for much less than three hundred and fifty thousand pounds for thirty seconds. Absolutely, yeah. And in fact, it doesn't even have to be like a minor celebrity. It can just be a lot of people around the town. You know, there's a lot of people that say, "Look, you've got five thousand Instagram followers." because you just, uh, you're just good at Instagram, uh, let me just send you a free box of cookies. And, and you know, these influencers are uh, the same thing. They, 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 they need content. You know, I used to have a radio show, and I'd always get people saying, oh, you know, if I could get my band on your show. And I was like, yeah, I've got three hours to fill every single night. <laughs> you know, I need, I need stuff to talk about. Same thing with newspapers. How do you get in the local paper? Well, if you do a good enough press release, you'll get in it because they've got to fill that newspaper every single day. Yeah. So it's very similar with, with you know, young influencers or wannabe influencers. You know, A, you play into their ego, but a small amount of money, and we are talking small amounts of money. We're talking tens of pounds as opposed to, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds. All of a sudden, that can get you in front of, a, a great audience and it can be in a localized community so it could be so powerful perfect sorry i interrupt you flow Dave. so you carry on talk us through the book 
Oh yeah, and the last part then is um, there's a there's a 30 day challenge. So I wanted I wanted to do a challenge, a daily challenge for 30 days, which wasn't a simple challenge. It was testing. I didn't want it to be, you know, put a tweet out or or why don't you make an Instagram story? I wanted it to be let's make a difference of your social media. So by the time you've got to the end of it, you'll know what works and what doesn't because it's very important that you play to your skill set. Some people are great at writing. Some people are great on video. Some people are great at audio. Uh, and some people are very creative with pictures. And so there are, there are social media platforms that really will fit into your skill set. And there's nothing worse than someone who is terrible on video but great at writing but still determined to be a YouTube star. Yeah. It's much better to go with the flow. So, you know, for the last part of the book, every single day there's a very big challenge. You know, it won't take you a whole day, but it will be something you have to think about in order to, to try something on social media to see what works. And so things like, you know, utilizing Facebook Live or Instagram Live, because some people are, are just funny naturally, some people are awkward. So trying it to see if it works for you, see if, see if you're on the cuff. You know, when we talked last week about this, you know, I wanted to tell you that you, you can't throw anything at me because I love it when questions come at me that I have to think about. I don't want to prepare anything because for me personally, it's not my thing. But for someone else, they might hate that. They might be terrified of that. They might want to plan every single answer. So social media is no different. It's really important that you're playing to your strengths and your skill set. I think that's really important. You know, there's nothing worse than a book that you read and it, you learn a few things, but you can't doesn't really tell you what to do next you know this book has got right this is what you do today this is what yeah. you do for the next 30 days to really make a difference in your social media and i think that was the thing with the keynotes is i got asked to do a keynote a couple of years back and because my background is in in teaching i've been a teacher all my life i just thought yeah that sounds really fun i'll go just go and do it. it's like doing a one-off class i was like how easy is that <laughs> i don't have to do 30 30 weeks of this um and i did it and this was a couple of years back and i just i got to the end and i just thought what, what do you do next? Like what happens next? And I just thought I was listening to other keynote speakers and I was just thinking people are coming here and going away and saying, okay, I need to do something. And then what, what is the next thing? And I think that to me is the most important thing is, is you need to say, how do I start this right now? How do I, what's the takeaway for today? What's the takeaway that I can literally stand up and say, right, I know what I'm doing today and tomorrow and the next day, and then I'll get into my rhythm because I think that's, you know, the hardest thing in business, the hardest thing in promotion, everything is all about once I'm started, I feel like I've got a bit of momentum, but you're looking at this massive mountain and you're thinking, where do I, where do I begin? It's really difficult. Yeah, so look, I think that's, that's the key thing. You're going to learn a lot from reading the book, but more important is practicality behind it that you can actually action stuff. So, Derek Keys, thanks ever so much for being on the podcast. We'll put a link on where to buy the book from uh, underneath when we post on our LinkedIn, our Instagram, our Facebook, and our Twitter. We'll also put your, all your handles on there as well because people should be following you because you're a trendsetter instead of a trend follower. So, Damo, thanks ever so much for being on the podcast today. You are a legend. Thank you so much. Thanks, mate. Don't go anywhere. Listen up. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to Damien's dulcet tones. I know I really enjoyed the interview. Uh, for those of you that follow me on social media, I'm giving away 25 tickets to the Business Excellence Forum on the 4th and 5th of April 2019 in Telford. 
Damien is on the lineup with so many other inspirational speakers. Um, it's a significant investment that we've made. We really want to make sure that it go to people that want to improve their performance in 2019. So if you don't follow me on social media, get following me at John Asquith. You can get me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I look forward to seeing you there. Until next time.